Hey guys, this is Clint Romero. This is Theo Jazz. And this is Clifford, and you're listening to Fourth Member Podcast. And we are officially back for our second season, and it's been a long time coming. Yes, we are back with the jump off. Um, we had to take a few months off to gather ourselves, get ready, live life, experience some up and downs. Um, and obviously there's been a lot going on uh, that all of you guys will be aware of and obviously things that go, go, have happened personally as well. So we're just really excited to be back. But guys, how have things been? Theo, start with you. The band is back together. I'm feeling Ow. good. It's been a long time coming. We are sorry for our delay. I'm excited that we're continuing this podcast and that we're yeah we're just together again i haven't seen you guys in months now really it's been like i haven't seen you since 2021 Romero. so yeah Damn, it's been a minute yeah because i didn't get to see you guys uh for new year's uh christmas um actually here i think we were discussing that the last time i saw you was actually your birthday which was mm. october yes right? i turned 30 so i'm i feel like an adult finally she's, she's <laughs> getting old she's getting old guys <laughs> but no so far i feel like this has been the year of transformation and i feel like that's going to continue as well so i'm hoping for a career change i'm i'm deciding so i'm a teacher if you don't know and i've decided that it's not my passion anymore. So I'm currently looking for a new venture, a new opportunity. And yeah, other great things are happening for me this year. So I'm about to be on the property ladder. Mm. And that's probably my biggest, one of my biggest achievements to date. And I'm just hoping for more blessings to come. But what about you, Clifford? What's new with you? Well, damn, man, we're back. We're bigger, we're better. We're transitioning. I'm not doing management anymore. I'm doing consultancy now. So you love to see it. I'm seeing growth. That's my brothers. We're out here doing it. We're killing it. And yeah, I'm just hoping to bring you some juicy news stories. No, it definitely has been um, an interesting time. I'd say the last six months. Um, I don't think, if I'm being completely honest, I could have committed to the the podcast like if we had continued if we had extended season one mm-hmm. with everything that was going on in my life it's funny you guys talk about making that transition professionally because i've been going through the same thing um i went through a, a, a rough patch at work last year um i'm not going to break it down but you know how sometimes you get into work and you start to feel like am i really passionate about doing this mm-hmm. do they really value me as a person and then you as you're getting older you think about i'm spending a lot of time at work so at the very least i want to be happy with what i'm doing as work right. and I had lost a lot of the joy in what I do so I work in the charity sector I was a support care officer and um, it was a lot of work and a lot of times I was feeling like this isn't necessarily what I want to do with the best use of my skill set so um around November I started job hunting and it's funny because before that I had been really really down not just because of the work situation but again being in the pandemic and I think we spoke about this last season how like for me, at least, the first year of the pandemic was great. Like, I really actually enjoyed it because it was the first time in my life that I had that stillness. I was a lot more financially centered because I wasn't traveling, I wasn't going nowhere. That was obviously a, a bit of a disadvantage because we all wanted to travel, but um, it just gave me a lot of focus that I didn't have and clarity. And then the second year, 2021, it was like all of the, the stress, the anxiety, and all the things that everyone felt the first time around, that's when it hit me. Because I think it was that it was having that second birthday in the lockdown. Yeah. And just feeling like not only am I getting older, but I'm not even having the chance to experience what mm. I should do at my age because I'm literally stuck in the house. And then a lot of it was self-imposed as well, if I could be honest with you, because I had been apart from you guys and all my friends for so long. I started to feel like I feel inadequate. I don't really mm. want, I don't want to be the, the oldest guy in the club anymore. I don't really want to be around other people i'm seeing every people everyone else in my life kind of get back to normal and i'm not did you guys ever feel like that like when things started to normalize in deportation marks like did you feel at any points where it was like everything is normalizing but i'm not and it feels really strange i don't know that maybe it's just me i just felt i feel like life post lockdown and life post pandemic even though i feel we're slightly still in one even though everything's kind of opened up now i feel I haven't adjusted, mm, yeah. readjusted to life again. Mm-hmm. And I did start to look at things differently. So career-wise, for example, I wake up in the morning, I realize I'm not happy. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't feel like, I don't, yeah. I wake up. And not that everyone, every, I don't think anyone really wants to go to work per se. Like, mm-hmm. some people do, obviously. 
because they enjoy what they do. And I, I want to enjoy what I do. Mm-hmm. But I wake up in the morning and I'm like, I just want to win the lottery. You know when you, that that's like it's not a realistic option, but it's the option that you want. Those things are really bad. Yeah. And I just, I just I was like, I'm not passionate anymore. Like, and I feel that induced the pandemic. Like teaching during the pandemic was tough. And people yeah. think we had it easy because we the, the first lockdown, we had a lot of time off. But then following that lockdown, we had to do this like remote learning and oh, yeah, yeah. all these bubbles within school. And then the kids as well, they don't, it's like they have literally, you see the impact of those two years of lost learning. Mm-hmm. Like they're not where they, they need to be. Mm-hmm. And there's really, the government have released all these support packages and whatnot, but really it's all a load of BS to be honest, because mm-hmm. there's so much more support that's needed, not just education, in terms of the education, but in terms of emotional, yes, and maturity. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm a shooter. My children are year eleven, so there's fifteen going on sixteen, mm-hmm. and some of them just are not at that level where I'm, I turn around and say to them, "You're going to be an adult in two years' time." Yeah, but you would not think you it. don't have the skills. Yeah, yeah. I mean, to be fair, a lot of us didn't at that age. That's what that's part of growing up, isn't it? But to to touch on what you were saying about there's not that support. If there's not that support for for young adults, there wasn't that support for adults either. No, I that's where I struggled. It was the getting back to normal thing. I don't feel like enough attention was paid to how that's going to be for people to suddenly have to even the journey to work. Mm. Like you got to think about it. I went from being in an office for almost not being in office, well being in office every day, then being at home for basically two years, and then when we had a campaign launch last year, I had to be in the office every day. That was the hardest thing ever. Like just getting used to getting, yeah, yeah, just getting used to getting up early and having to be out of the house before eight o'clock in the morning. That was so mad for me. And I know it sounds like it's a first world problem, but obviously you normalize what becomes normal to you. Mm-hmm. And by that I mean we got used to not traveling as much, not going anywhere, not really seeing our friends. And to me, that was to my detriment because I overthink things anyway. So while I was in those still moments, like I said, the first year I was fine. The second year it was like, I feel I started to lose my confidence a lot mm. because again, I'm not going out and getting that affirmation or really like getting that stimulation in my life. Like there was nothing to look forward to. So I was like, am I really doing things right then? Mm. And it's even more frustrating when you kind of look at your circle and it sounds, it's, it's almost silly saying this because you are my close friends. And when we had these conversations, like the one now, we always say we kind of were going through yeah. stuff. But mm-hmm. I'm looking at you, like, for example, like you get in your house and I was like, I-, I have my place, but I'm renting. So I started to judge myself based on that. And like for you, like when you, uh, you started to make the transition to, to find a new job, I was like, I know I'm not happy in my job, but I don't even feel confident enough to start mm-hmm. job hunting again. And I'm glad that I did. But the crazy thing is someone asked me like, because they knew that I was down for a long time, like what kind of got you out of it? And it sounds really morbid, but it got to November and I was like, okay, it's too late in the year to make this a good year. Mm. Like nothing else is going to get better. There's only four weeks left in the year. There's nothing I can do to turn things around. So all I can do is focus on making next year better. And because I had started job hunting, I I felt like I had a bit more focus and stuff. Mm. And um, long story short, I did get a new job. So I'm really excited about that. But um, yeah, it was it was a really hard period. So I'm glad that we took the time off and I'm glad that we're coming back now because we all have something to celebrate. We do. What we you, all have some amazing things to celebrate. What are you guys looking forward to in 2022? I'm just being outside and living again properly, you know, because like the pandemic, I think it knocked a lot of people's confidence and then it sort of like reshaped or shifted what your purpose is. And now it's 2022, you know, everyone's vaccinated, whether it worked or not. It's just saying basically that COVID ain't a thing, so get back to like just living your normal lives. And it's just mm. like trying to pick up from where we left off and just actually enjoying life properly, like having that time to sort of reassess and readjust and see what actually is stimulating you now. So you're just getting back out there. I got my wireless ticket, so I'm ready. <laughs> He's like, I don't, I'm looking forward to this. <laughs> I'm ready for July. And yeah, I'm just looking forward to. Because we tried those two, um, I, don't, I don't even want to call them festivals because I feel they were scams. Those outdoor events, those let's outdoor just put events. it there. I don't <laughs> want to call it a festival. But yeah, Metrofest and Yamfest, we are very much looking at you and still judging. I see your ads on Facebook and telling people that it's going to be even bigger event this year. I'm sure it will be because it was shit last year, but there you go. 
as far as what I'm looking forward to in 2022, I tell you what, um, I think I learned not to have extra high expectations mm. of the last two years. But I will say, as I guess as a byproduct of not being able to do a lot of the things I wanted to last year, I'm super impatient now. So now that I've kind of got my confidence back, I've got a new job, I'm so much more like ambitious about what I want to do. Um, so I'd say like, I'm a lot more yeah, impatient about achieving certain things because I feel like I've lost a lot of time. But I don't have anything specific that I'm looking forward to. I'm just really happy that I'm finally in a place I can start enjoying life a little bit more. I feel, I feel like we, we have more freedom mm. now. And I feel like that's what I'm looking forward to this year, just freedom and independence. But speaking of freedom, let's talk about someone who isn't free. Oh! <laughs> okay. Yeah, okay. you can go through, go through. Okay, so... <laughs> Jussie Jamal Lyon Smollett, but he was convicted of lying to the authorities, basically. I'm not sure what the actual American um, title of the crime is. Basically, he basically said that he was the victim of a hate crime, that they screamed, this is MAGA season, and they put a noose around his neck whilst he was trying to get a subway at 2 a.m., and <laughs> it was all proven to in be Chicago, lies. and it was at minus two at the time. No, minus thirty-two, I think. Yeah, it was all proven to be lies. So yeah, he he's got one hundred and fifty days in prison. So and the sentence starts right away. So he was taken straight to the county jail mm-hmm. um, to serve his time. What do you guys think? Do you think obviously the, he deserved to get a custodial sentence? I really thought that his legal team would, you know, try and negotiate something where maybe there'll be a, a payment of some kind. And, you know, just I think the negative news press is enough. Mm-hmm. But the fact that he actually has to go to jail, I think it's just like... It's, See, it's you know what? I feel very... I've gone back and forth on my stance on this so many times. Initially, well, initially, I never believed the story to begin with, if I'm being completely honest with you, because I'm sorry, like, he was getting subway at two o'clock in the morning and then some random white men found you and decided to use up your neck and pick you up. Like that alone sounds like a storyline out of Empire. So that for me didn't ring true. But I'll say this: when when it was proven that it wasn't true, I was like, throw him in prison and lock away the key. That's honestly how I felt because for me, it's not about the lie that you told. It's about the worst possible impact for what could have happened if they had decided, if they had believed you, mm. because you basically created this story where two people have beat you up and you've been the victim of a hate crime. What if they have found two white men and are arrested? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. what could have happened out of that situation? The fact that it was hundreds of hours of police time lost, the fact that you had, you had black people on your side and you used that as a weapon almost because you're weaponizing the BLM movement. You're saying I'm this martyr and you're representing our struggles and your voice for the people. And he has done some great work in the past. I'm not discounting that, but I'm saying that you knew what you were doing by saying this was a hate crime. So for me, I was like, for that alone, you deserve to do some jail time. Then it took a while for it to actually get to to court. Mm. Remember, this actually happened, what, in like 2018? I think 2019. Yeah, it's been a good few years. So I felt like with all the time that's passed, it seems silly to give him a custodial sentence. Mm. Like, honestly, it should have been a fine. That's what I think. For wasting police time. He got a fine as well, though. He did get a fine as well. It should have been a bigger one. $120,000. I mean, the type of fine where he'd still be paying it off for a few years. Mm. Because he needs to feel the effect of this. I don't necessarily feel like he needs to go in prison. But then, like I said, the reason why I go back and forth, because every time I come to that rationale, I'm like, yeah, but you did actually do this. You did actually lie about this, and it could have been really fucked up for two innocent people. And the fact that you use something that's really um, a trigger point for uh, us as people. people as something to get sympathy for no other reason but to get sympathy, because it wasn't for the money. You was already making hundreds of thousands of pounds per episode. You already had popularity and fame because you was on one of the most popular shows on television. So you only did this for attention, and that's really sad. And you're still saying that you're innocent, yeah. or now. That's what the judge said. The judge read him for Phil. Yeah. The judge really mm. went in on him and said he's a narcissist. He was trying to get another level of fame because he craves it so much. Mm-hmm. And the judge actually acknowledged um, the stuff so that he had done for social yeah. justice. This is what makes it. And, and said, 
I'm not going to, as you said, he's not going to discount that. But what you did was pure narcissism. And that is it. I feel like mm. just he, he saw screaming and he was having that out there saying, if if I'm I'm not suicidal. Oh, right. And so he's basically saying, if he's found dead, it then wasn't it him. wasn't him. And which again is played on the whole Sandra Blanc thing. Is that even in this moment, you can't yeah. even have any humility. Like, bro, the people that you actually hired to do this have already potted you up. What are you talking about? And, you're just his mullet, like you're Jamal Lyon. That's all you're known for. You're not that important. Like, <laughs> what's going on? So yeah, I, I do feel like he um he got off lightly, to be honest with you, because if they really wanted to make an example of him, they could have sent him down for like a good five years. Mm. And I think it's like life imitating art. That scene from Empire where Terrence Howard puts him in the trash can. I feel like <laughs> that summarizes <laughs> it's cyclical. Yeah. Yeah, but um we wish you well, Jesse. Um, it's only 150 days. You'll do it fine. Um, and apparently you like big muscly men anyway, so you'll be fine. It's all good. It's all good. <laughs> so let's lighten the load a little bit from one queen, Jossie Spole, to another, Nicki Minaj. Uh, mm-hmm. She's back with Do We Have a Problem and Busting. So guys, what do you think of the new Nicki Minaj singles? And her interview with uh, Joe Budden the other day. As a member of the body gang, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I actually, I've heard both songs. They're not doing it for me. I feel Nikki, I don't know. She's a fantastic rapper. She is incredible. She is yeah. the best female rapper yeah. out in terms of talent. However, her personality just rubbed me the wrong way. As She is a Sagittarius woman. And I'm not going to say all Sagittarius women are narcissists like Jussie. It's Jussie is. Sagittarius, maybe he is. But when you think of <laughs> when I think of Sagittarius women, I think of Nicki Minaj, Mimi Leaks. Oh wow. And the list goes on, and I can't remember the books off, off the top of my head, but there's a list of Sagittarius women, and it's all the big personalities mm-hmm. who are quite self-censored, self-absorbed. And I just feel I can't, I can't, I can't support someone. Who wants to put down other women and that is my issue with nikki she is nah, she, in her interview with joe budden she had an interview with joe budden yeah. and she basically after how many years started giving lil kim her props and saying nah, you know i have to interject there she's been giving her props since the beginning even though they had a little rift and whatever yeah, you I, know I, if you're homage to somebody and they're and they're continuing to um say that not acknowledge you basically when you're giving them you're giving the person their props like what else are you supposed to do but be quiet so for her to come re-emerge on her sort of promo campaign and to go back to her sort of back to basics and actually um, credit the people who were responsible for her fame mm. like it takes a lot especially when you're confident you sold x amount of records and that person who basically gave you your spark career is on the decline She's only doing this because she's being called out left and right for being a hater to the, the other female rappers, the, the ones who have followed her. So her successes. She's so had she collaborations hates... with uh, Megan Thee Stallion. She's had other And she's been hating on Megan since. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Look at that. Yeah. She also she... had a song with, uh, what's her name? With uh, Doja Cat. Doja Cat. Apparently they don't like each other anymore. I will say this, but I think it's very interesting that I asked you about the song and then you went on a whole diatribe about her personality. It really speaks to her image and how bad her image is is because you can't think of Nikki without thinking of controversy and that's really bad because as you said she is incredibly talented now um as far as the songs uh do we have a problem I think is is pretty good I really like that song yeah I, I like busting a bit more um I feel like it's definitely a step in the right direction for her I haven't really liked anything Nikki has delivered musically for a while these are the first two songs I'm at gravitated towards yeah like, I'm like this, this is hard like she's coming hard and i do like what she's presenting in terms of her personality you can say it's damage control and i actually agree with you it probably is but at the same time like she's nearly 40 years old it is time to show some growth whether it's fake or not i don't want to see her coming for people i don't want to see her beefing with uh cardi i don't want to see her like necessarily being disrespected because she does have a legacy here she needs to protect it and i feel like with queen all the controversy that surrounded her around that time 
made it very hard to just look at that the music album. yeah, yeah it's, it's, a, it's a distraction it exactly basically. like even the fact that she called the album queen turned me off because i was like you're calling yourself a queen but you're not supporting like you said any of these other women allegedly we're in a collaborations with other female artists that could have been a really good way to resell or repackage that repackage album. the album with a bunch of female rappers i thought that would have been really cool for her and i feel like more so than cardi she should be the person leading on that because she was the person leading this game in terms of female rap for a long time so i I'm not completely sold yet, um, but I'm I'm happy to see her back. She seems happy. She seems like really positive. Mm. And like you said, whether it's genuine that she's showing love to Lil Kim or not, Lil Kim has actually been reciprocated recently. Remember, she mm. said that she was open to the verses. Mm. Um, so I I would like to see it. I would like to see like them formally get on a song together. Not even necessarily because I think it would be a great marriage musically, but just because it would just put an end to that mm. whole controversy and then we can say it ended with Nikki making it this right. This is it. I think it would be a step forward for the culture. Yeah. Like, to see some interesting interviews, to see some different takes on... Um, You're not feeling it, are you, Theo? No, I think a verse, <laughs> I think a verse with Nokia would be amazing. I think mm. it would However, be, I, think I hear about But I just feel Nikki is, to her court, is a hater. Like, mm. even this week, she was liking shady tweets about Lotto. And I'm just like, why are you hating on every new girl? Like, I just don't understand it. But mm. then if you look at hip-hop no, in general, no, I, like, whatever artists do it, like, it's not a problem. Look at Kanye. So, yeah, but I understand why she's doing it, though, in a way, because she, for so many years, she was the only one. Yeah, yeah. And she doesn't like that these new girls are getting number ones that she doesn't have solo. They're getting Grammys that she don't have, et cetera, et cetera, mm. et cetera. She, so she's seeing these girls doing it. Obviously, it's talent, as I said, talent-wise, she is the supreme. Yeah. However, these new girls are doing it in their own way. Yeah, but would you not feel slighted if you're uh, yeah. out here busting your ass and doing things for the culture to move things forward, and then newcomers are just coming in and... With literally half the Literally profiting and off the hard work that you put in. You know I ride for Cardi Hart. But I would understand, it's, it's funny talking about this now, like two, three years after the beef, because at the time I had a very, very different stance. And I have friends that are bombs and we got into big arguments at the time. So this is funny because I'm slightly changing my stance. I do feel like I would, I understand the frustration of being that person that is not only the only one doing it, but doing it extremely mm. well and being successful. And then X amount of years later, someone comes in and gets the same amount of sales recognition and more awards than me with less talent. I'd be frustrated. You can't say she's unjustified for not feeling away. But that's Nikki's fault because her first two albums are garbage. It wasn't it's not the her big, fault. Her albums and her music. To these new artists. Obviously, it's a business. Musically, Cardi's album is better than any Nicki Minaj album, in my opinion. I would agree. Also, mm, Pink Friday is not a good album. Apart from, I like um, Roman's Revenge. Apart from that, I don't like anything else in that album. The second album, with all the other pop shit, I don't like either. What the, was the second album again? The one with Beats in the Trap? Roman Re- Reloaded, yeah. and it was That like, was a good album. Mm, Wait, no. Was that Pink Friday then? There was Pink Friday and there was Pink Friday Roman Reloaded. See, I'm not a hater because I've listened to these albums. No, so what, there, isn't, so what was the album that had Bees in the Trap? That was Roman Reloaded. Let me, pull up, yeah. Yeah, let me pull up this. I think you're right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you might be right. Because I like that and I like I, 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 I Am Your Leader. Yeah. I like those yeah. songs. But like, and I'm your, um, uh, what, what about the Pink Print? Yeah. One of them was that. Pink Print, that was her first, that was her, that's her best album to be. That was a solid album. So what were the singles on Pink Print? I don't need to Pink Print. Um, only. Oh yeah. yeah. All things like, go. I like the crying game, getting your knees, that, feeling that myself. That one is hard. Only what some more photo. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, favorite. Yeah, I'm sorry, that album slays. Trilly them girls. Yeah, Anaconda. Yeah, she yeah. came on. That every, was that, every song on that album is hard. If that was her debut album to me. I would be a bar because that was a solid album. But yeah. so what about Beam Me Up Scotty? Because I know that's re-released yeah, now, but yeah, that would have been her first project that she's trying to put out. Fair, that, uh, that mixtape is literally iconic. It is. It is. Who doesn't know the words to um, I was on my way with the prank. You know, you know, you know what I'm saying. Bob's are probably too hard. But um, yeah, like, I do feel like she was, I understand her frustration and as far as you saying like her first two albums work great, I, I can argue that that's true, but I feel like she still made an impact. And I feel like the standards for female rap was very different there because there wasn't female rap, even though, yes, it was established years before even Nikki came around, during the time that she was our most successful, she was the only one doing it. So she was, right. uh, she had, her, the only person she could compete with was her. 
And I feel like maybe you're right. Maybe if more female rappers were around at the time or had the opportunity to get to that mainstream level, she would have elevated because she would have realized she needed to step up musically. Yeah. She doesn't really, she didn't have that at the time, so she didn't need to. By the time Pinkprint came out, that's when you had like a, um, Iggy and Azealia Banks mm-hmm. and um, do you remember Angel, Angel Hayes? Yeah, yes. Angel Hayes. What happened to her? One what happened to her? I need to look her up. Look her up. <laughs> Angel Hayes, you want to have an interview? <laughs> All I say, Nicki Minaj is almost 40 years old and at a big 40, you cannot be acting like a hater like this because you, it's just... I would say I don't necessarily agree with her acting like a hater, at least not right now. I just think because she has this long history of negative interactions, I'm not going to use the word hater, um, at this point, she just gets judged. She even said, I'm Nikki, I'm Nikki the bad guy. She knows, she plays into it a lot of the time, um, and she knows that's her image. So I feel like she's had a damn if she does, does, damn if she doesn't. But I do feel like she's actually trying, and I really... um, I w- I'm actually gonna say I'm anticipating any album. I don't know any critic and artist who's not like perceived to be arrogant or self-centered across any kind of music genre. I'm thinking singing Beyonce, Mariah Carey, even in rap, um, 50 Cent. But the thing is, Kanye with, West. With, with Mariah and Beyonce, they have a charm about them. True. Um, Mariah Carey, she, could, she is known as being a diva, but she is charming. You love her Mariahisms. You, 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 you can't help but smile with her when you see Mariah. Nicki Minaj, I just look at her and sometimes just, you know, embrace these new girls. Be, you can be, you, all these bitches are my sons, but still, they're your children, so you still got to be nice to them. I don't think all artists can't be the same, or, you know? I like, was going to say, I, don't, I can't believe I'm writing for Nicki so hard right now. <laughs> but I don't feel like she, she, has to, she has to extend that olive branch. I don't feel like she has to. But she doesn't have to be liking Shay's tweets on Twitter. Why not? It's what we, if that's how she genuinely feels, then this is it. Then say it with your chest, not had like when Cardi actually confronted her, she goes and hides against Santa Okay, the wall. That's true. Like, that come on, true. say it with your chest. That's what I've respected. Like Rihanna, everyone loved Rihanna back in. Like yeah. Rihanna before she became the Avon lady. Yeah. Everyone loved, <laughs> everyone, loved <laughs> everyone loved Rihanna when she was bad girl Riri on Twitter. Yeah. And clap Instagram clapping yes. back at everybody. Because she said it with her chest. She's not liking shady um tweets and just trying to hide her hands. So yeah. if you want to be Nikki the bad guy, be the bad guy. Well, maybe she does want to be, but the label's pushing back and being like, okay, we need to sell records, we need to sort of water this down, we need to exercise some kind of leverage here. That's a personal problem. <laughs> that's I'm sorry, Nikki. That's your problem. You need to figure that out. You're, I, I do feel like she could. I I just feel like at her age, like you said, you're kind of setting your ways. Yeah. This is who she is, and I, and I feel like that's fine. And I feel like she needs to stop maybe pandering to people and just be herself. And maybe like you said, just feel if that's who you want to be, you want to be that. that Unapologetically, you. That's it. Just but, be you. But even still, she, music. I'm, I'm gonna do that. That's my only thing. I don't care for my my faves or even like celebrities. I feel like maybe because it's an age thing, I, I'm not that connected to celebrity pop culture that I mm. feel like I, they have to be likable necessarily. Like I don't stand like the way I used to. Do you, do you know what I mean? So with that said, I'm like, you could be the biggest bitch you wanna be. Just have the music, music slaps. Yeah, I, that's all I care about. And the, the two songs she's delivered so far, I don't love them, but they are pretty good. They're a step in the right direction, so we'll see. Nikki, we're watching you. I'm rooting for you. At least one person on the podcast is. Theo, your vote? Maybe I need to give these new songs a new spin because I like that she's actually being a rapper and I'm glad it's not the pop song because Starships and what's the other one? No, Starships and she had another song that was popular like that. Um, some David Get Us. Some, yeah, that was when I was I'm like, like, get I, your I check. I there was a time in the era when you had to, brother, that was. Popular, she spearheaded that. So it's like she was out here on red carpets, biting on chicken wing necklaces. Like. <laughs> <laughs> Bring that Nikki back! Come on, we love it. You got another exorcism. We aren't going to cancel. We're not going to cancel. Nikki I'm here for it. You know, I'm really looking forward to that wireless weekend. You know, because I think she's headlining one Ooh, day as well. Yeah, I'm going to be on in disguise on that Sunday because the barbs are going to try and find you. I was about to say the way you've been talking reckless in this podcast, bitch, you'll be in this one cancelled. Never mind, so Nikki. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of cancelled, there's rumours that the real is in jeopardy and that it won't be coming back next year. Or is anyone actually watching the real still? No, and that's why it's getting cancelled. Exactly. 
<laughs> I'm, I'm not actually surprised. Um, I feel like the only time they had a somewhat interesting dynamic was with Tamar, as much as she's annoying. She did bring something, and not just her, because I don't feel like she was like the special source. I just feel like they had a special dynamic because they were mm. all annoyed by her. So <laughs> it was like all of them gave a little bit something. Um, the problem I have with the real, I'm not into those type of daytime shows anyway, but I find that they don't really know a lot of the stuff they're talking about. And I can attest to that being on this podcast, I've been in that situation. The where just come you up don't and have you do you all the facts. But I just feel like because of the platform they're on, they could just be a bit more polished. Personally, if I'm going to watch those type of shows, I watch like TGI Fridays on Voxel. That's mm-hmm. my thing. Um, so the real. You've had a good run. I think it's been like, what, seven, eight years? Eight years, I think, which is a long time for a talk show, especially. Yeah. They are very niche in this. It was like all people of, like women of yeah, women, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's it was it's great they've had the platform for eight years. So kudos to them. I feel though after Tamar left, it lost its spark. Because Tamar, even though she's polarizing, she's someone else who you enjoy watching. Because I she's extra as hell. Yeah. She is extra. But she makes good TV. Oh yeah, most definitely. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. like, and I'm sure a lot of the more memorable things about the show are from her time on it. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't deny that. Um, I feel like they've done a good job of trying to keep it fresh. I know that you know, Nini, trying to yeah, that Nini rotation balance. Yeah, Nini was on there recently. Um, who's the uh, other black housewife? Garcelle. Garcelle. Garcelle's on there at the moment. Um, and then obviously Lonnie and Adrian are still on there. Tamira mm-hmm. left, right? Yeah. Yeah, she did. Did she leave, Tamira? I'm sure she did. I'm not sure why. Was there another person on there? Jeannie just had a baby, right? With right. Gigi. So I think. But they're saying that she's supposed to join uh, Real Housewives. Oh, wow. Mm. Of Atlanta. Yeah. That'd be interesting. Because that's where Gigi lives, isn't it? It so. would actually be interesting because I, I watched bits of The Real during the first two seasons, maybe like clips on YouTube. Yeah. I was going to say just those highlights on yeah. YouTube, isn't it? Like, that's basically what I know yeah. from the show experiences. Yeah. And I remember she used to say she would never have a child, and that's why she got a divorce from her first husband. Yeah, yeah, because she's married to that white guy, right? Yeah, and she said, yeah, exactly. she said, motherhood is not for me. I will not have a child. He wants a child. So they went their separate ways. So now to see her having a child and with Jeezy, it would be interesting if she did make that transition to Real Housewives so we could actually see, see the story that behind story it. Yeah, all. that would be cool. Um, I'm always a bit like, cautious when they try to throw a non-black person onto like a predominantly black show because it feels like they're doing that for the it's almost like reverse tokenism mm, it's yeah. like put this white person it's usually a white person so it genie's not white obviously but it's usually like let's remember the first couple of seasons of marriage medicine Carol. Yeah. it's like the <laughs> only reason the <laughs> is reverse tokenism. Palatable, palatable you know to, to <laughs> the wider audience you know audience you guys are trying to appeal to even if you know your audience is black people so you may as well stick with that but um yeah so i don't know if she'd be necessarily the good thing but it would be did you say carry us yeah, Carrie Wells. You know? <laughs> I relate most to Carrie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, so I, the real, you had a good run, longer than probably I expected the show to last. I feel like a lot of these talk shows, like Wendy as well, another one mm-hmm. fighting the girls. Like, that's sad because she's not even like bowing out with her on the air. She's been on the hiatus. She hasn't been back this whole season. Mm-hmm. So the season started in September. She hasn't been on air at all. If I guess so, it's every single week. Yeah. And Sherry Shepherd is actually replacing Wendy. So she, her, she was a guest host for Wendy and they've actually signed her up to... See where Wendy fucked up. Yeah. Never let someone see that they could do your job for you. Mm-hmm. Never let your employees see that, that you are replaceable. And she literally did that. She kicked up her feet, her big swollen feet <laughs> in her rehab facility and let these people literally trial out her replacements one after the other. The interesting thing though is that not one of them had ratings like she did when she was on the show. Mm-hmm. Even Sherry's ratings were like, I think 200,000 less than hers See, per season, something like that. I don't know the exact figures. I love Wendy. That is a show I actually watch mm-hmm. on YouTube. So mm-hmm. I, watch, I watch Wendy. And show. even though she she always says this show is so messy, like not even t- in terms of the stories, but obviously Wendy doesn't no, have the all structure. The, the structure. She doesn't have all the facts most of the time, but still she's entertaining to watch. Yeah. <laughs> and even when and when she gets it wrong, you kind of laugh like, girl, what are you talking about? But I feel like with her health issues, it is the right time for her to focus on herself. There were rumors and reports um, that she has dementia. As well. Yeah, mm. not sure if it's true, obviously. But if she, if it's true, then I think it is the right time for her to maybe 
go off air in terms of television and maybe do a podcast. See, well. but the thing is, she's Wendy Williams, so she should be able to capitalize off that. And that's where I'm like, when you said that, uh, like her main thing was letting someone replace her, I think her main thing where she went wrong was basically not telling her own story. Like she should have capitalized off that and you told it her way and controlled yeah. the narrative because she's Wendy Williams from the radio, you know, that iconic interview that she had with. Um, Whitney Houston, Wendy, Wendy. you know, to now, and it's just like, I feel like almost like a, a tragic fall from grace for Wendy Williams, like she needs to come back, own the narrative, tell her story, tell people what's up with her health, and just close the show the right way, I do but feel it like looks it's, like it's already been um, cancelled. A, a fall from grace, I don't know how tragic it is, because the bad, the bad comment that she's put out there, it's almost... Hate to say it, like years later, she's kind of getting what she deserves. I hate to say it. I've I've never been a fan of Wendy. I'll be honest. For that very reason, I feel like she intentionally puts out harmful and salacious information about people. Some of these people have been my favorite artists, and that's why I'm a bit sensitive about it. But um, yeah, like I just, um, it's hard for me to feel sympathetic for her. But just on a uh, objective perspective, I, I am I I see it like how could you let these people take your job from you? Like, it, regardless of whether I like the show or watch the show, you're so good at um, media controversy and you've literally lived in that space for so long. You had your own scandal. There's no reason why you couldn't actually, like your you own said, crisis it's, work this, yeah. it's work this to your advantage. Like, even if it was just going off doing an Instagram live saying, I am in a bad space, but I will be coming back and I can share the full story with you guys. Even that, we don't see you again for a few months, you come back, get yourself clean. And I know that it's, if not if she is a addict, I think a recovering addict. I don't think mm-hmm. the drugs is the actual reason why she's taking this downward spiral. I know that if it is that, it's it's not a simple. I'm going to take a month off and come back clean. I know it's a whole process, but I'm just like the way that she handled this, her team handled this, the show handled this, the guest host handled this. It just it's so sloppy. It could have been done so much better. See, she's even made a brand new Instagram page, and there's like two posts on it, but people are saying these there's two pictures but she's posted this new account and it's verified the account people are saying these could be old pictures like we need to <laughs> we need to prove that Wendy is actually okay <laughs> and it's, it's it's interesting though because her actual Wendy in- show Instagram that can be easily now changed to Sherry Shepherd with all those followers or mm. these um subscribe the network only it kind of thing. the network only same with no, her. but does she not own it? Like, doesn't she have ownership of the actual? She has ownership of like, because obviously I think it's her production. Yeah, so it's do done, the show. Obviously, but it's the Debnum, Deb, is it Debna, Debmar Mercury or something? Yeah, like that. they're the actual creators of the show, the ones who actually commissioned and green the show to begin with. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if they have. They have, they must have some ownership to these things as well. That's why, even though she's got this new personal Instagram page. They're still posting Sherry, Sherry, Sherry on these stories. It's all about the guest posts and all. The show and the ratings. So, do you think Sherry would be uh, adequate replacement? The thing is, people like Sherry Shepherd as the replacement when it comes to being a guest host. Yeah, but like a people, temporary replacement. Yeah, I, I think there's still demand and people want Wendy back. Oh yeah, for sure. That's obviously. It. Are people going to tune into Sherry Shepherd every day because they want to see Sherry Shepherd, or they just tune into Wendy and oh, it's Sherry, we like Sherry, she's nice. Like we're still waiting for Wendy. I <laughs> you guys, know, we still waiting for you Wendy. Know. <laughs> I do feel like that, that's actually a good point because I feel like the whole um, daytime television thing is a, is a hard nut to crack. Because if you look at someone like um, Nick Cannon's show, he's another one that was cancelled. Mm-hmm. Um, his show was cancelled. I don't mean he was cancelled as a person, although he almost was years ago the last year yeah. through that drama um he's got a very corny personality and i feel like that corniness it translates well it works well but it, there's a fine line where it's just like you're really irritating i remember um feeling the same way about kiki palmer i used to find her <laughs> so grating and then something changed and maybe she matured a bit and i was just like she's actually really likable but she does have a very corny personality in her first um, television show, which I think she was on BET a few years ago, again, one season got cancelled. And I was like, yeah, this show is terrible. But when she was uh, co-hosting the Today Show, I think in America, uh, with um, Michael, Michael, Michael uh, Strahan. Yeah. Yeah, I know the names. Y'all can look it up. But um, she's co-hosting with the Today Show. I think that got cancelled now. But for the run that she had on it, she did it really well. So I do feel like it's a hard nut to crack. And with Sherry, she is likable, but I also find that kind of boring. 
But I feel like even a lot of these boring girls and talk shows. <laughs> Jennifer Hudson just got a talk show. Who, like, who's, who, who, who that? said that? Yeah. Like, I guess she probably tests yeah. well with the network because she was on The Voice or some other things. Like I that. think that's it, yeah. So they might and think there's just like a demographic that really Maybe they're seeing the success because I think Kelly Clarkson, her talk show is doing very well. Oh, yeah. So it's like, yeah, she's a former... The next idol, idol. Yeah, yeah. She's been on The Voice. Yeah, it makes sense because you know they do like for like yeah. these networks. So that makes sense. But I actually like Kelly Clarkson's show. It's pretty decent. I like how she sings on the show. That's, that's the only part I like. Yeah. It's like when she, <laughs> watching her perform the songs and then do it with the occasional guests that I don't actually watch interviews but it's a good see that's what I mean she's found her niche um I don't really know what Sherry can bring that's fresh to that kind of hot topic space oh, yeah but then again we're saying that we're doing a podcast years after people have been doing podcasts and we're doing that same thing so and people hate podcasts now this is a having a podcast now is the worst thing ever I've been seeing it all over social media as well it's like really oh if a man has a podcast you need to cancel <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, to be fair, is it a red flag? <laughs> Would you think it's a red flag if your man was like, if someone you was talking to was like, yeah, I've got a podcast? No, like, I'll, I'll listen to it and then I'll form a judgment and opinion. Yeah, based on what the podcast yeah, is actually yeah, about, this is then it. I'll be like, oh, mm, yeah, we need to have a conversation. Because I feel some people have good conversation, people have things that they have a voice that should be heard, or mm-hmm. some people have voices that shouldn't be heard. But see, this is the thing, yeah. and taking it back to Sherry. Silence. She. I don't really get what her point of view is. Like with Wendy, obviously she's talking about events, but she's doing it in that very, like I said, messy solution. Mm-hmm. But whether you like that type of, um, you like it delivered in that way or not, it's it's something that's unique to her. Um, I don't really see that for Sherry. In the space of, when you think of her as, a, like you said, as a replacement for what Wendy was, it's apple and oranges to me. But mm. we'll see. Good luck. I heard that she actually wants Wendy on the show though. Oh, really? Yeah, she's actually campaigning to get Wendy as a, a guest, and I'm like, the fucking cheek of you to take this woman's job and then invite her back. <laughs> Wendy, are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> Wendy is not gonna have that. She's yeah, not, not at not all. A, she's not a sucker. Yeah, I don't see that happening at all. It'll be Wendy and Amorosa part two. Mm. Thank you for being on. Sherry, my thank show. you for your services. You know, Sherry, and thank you for coming on my show. <laughs> <laughs> Sherry will get destroyed. Wendy would read her film. I think it's best she leaves Wendy wherever she is. Okay, in more serious news, obviously the world is we've gotten we got over COVID. Well, we survived COVID, thank God. No, However, Boris started to act like the COVID didn't happen because yeah. he got caught in that party. But yeah, continue. <laughs> <laughs> now we're in this crisis mm-hmm. with. Well, I think we're in it. I don't think we're. Well, we are, we're seeing the impact of it with the rising prices of oil, petrol, gas, electricity. Mm-hmm. But obviously the people of Ukraine are currently at war with Russia who have invaded them. Mm-hmm. For territory, for what? We don't really know. Well, we, it's, they, want, they just want to... Resources. I feel that... I, think Putin, they want I feel resources. like Putin wants to reclaim or reclaim the land and rebuild the Soviet Union. Mm-hmm. I thought that's his overall aim. But it just Russia just seems to be in some mess, even when it comes down to the WNBA. <laughs> yeah, so um a basketball player called Brittany Griner, or Griner, I think it's pronounced, uh, she plays for the WNBA in America, but on her off-season she also plays for Russia's uh, basketball league, female basketball league. And uh, while she was in uh, customs, uh, trying to leave and come back to the States, she was held up because she had a vape pen. In uh, Russia, the rules and laws around uh, drug use are very, very strict, especially for athletes. So marijuana is considered, I believe, a class B drug out there. I could be wrong, but it is illegal regardless. Um, So the fact that she had a vape pen, I don't know if marijuana was in it. I don't think so. But because it's considered a, a drug, um, I don't know necessarily if it's a performance enhancing drug because it's vaping, but um, basically they're not letting her leave and she's actually actually being held in custody at the moment. And so it's inflamed a big situation because obviously American, the, they've, they're appealing her family through her solicitor, through her lawyer, sorry, to get her expedited. But because of the political situation with the war, an American politician trying to get an American person out of Russia right now, right now is not really the team it's, it's not, not happening. happening um and just to 
No, I don't want to say this is the reason why I wanted to speak about it, but she is a black woman, she is a black lesbian. We know how Russia feels about the LGBT community. We also know how, you know, a lot of European countries feel about black people in general, especially when they're in positions of power, like being an athlete, being a celebrity, that kind of thing. So my heart definitely goes out to her. It's a very scary situation to be in, because it's like you're in your country that you've chosen to play for, and they're now treating you like scum. This is it. You're here to work, you know, and this is... It's literally a perfect example of black bodies being used for just being black bodies. They they really, like, I don't want to stereotype, but a lot of Eastern European countries still have huge issues. and They don't even tolerate Mm. people of colour. They don't tolerate um, black people, especially. And it's just, it's actually a hate. When you think of the... um, situation in Ukraine right now. Mm-hmm. There are Black, West Africans in Ukraine um, studying. They were trying to leave, like everyone in Ukraine trying to flee. Flee the border. Try to get to the border, try to go to Poland, try to go to other neighboring countries. And they are literally sending the Black bodies, the Black people to the back of the queues. Mm-hmm. Black women to the back, Black men, Black children to the back of the queues. They let, they want letting everybody else leave first. Plus pets. Plus pets. Mm-hmm. And saying your life, if you if you die, well, I'd rather save my dog yeah, than save yeah. your black yeah. self, child, woman, adult, regardless. Your life is worth less than ours. Our freedom is worth more, basically, and that is the issue. So, when it comes to Britney being in Russia and being in another in a Eastern European country, it's dangerous for her to be there. Mm-hmm. Even though she's not in Ukraine, she's in Russia. It's so dangerous for her to be there, especially. How if she's in confinement, we don't know what situation just what her actual situation mm-hmm. is, where she is, but she needs to be she needs to be free. It's a vape pen. Come on. Yeah, I mean it's a stupid thing to be holding up against. Again, I don't know all the laws behind it, like what they have there. Um, but I do feel like obviously the timing of it has expedited the situation a lot. Um, it's interesting that you mentioned the thing about uh, you know, black people, black um immigrants that live in Ukraine. Because obviously Ukraine is the victim in this situation, but when you hear about this, it's like in a war a black, zone. In a war zone, even as even in a war zone, black people are still the victims. There, uh, my heart goes out to the people of Ukraine, and I also want to say that, like, we have to be very careful when we talk about this situation because it's not like every Russian person wants to go to war with Ukraine. Mm-hmm. In fact, a lot of people do not. I was watching an amazing thing on YouTube yesterday where. Um, I guess it's the main news channel in in mm-hmm. uh, Russia. They all got up and walked out, mm-hmm. and they had to be so careful because they've drafted they've, uh, Putin. I think it was Putin introduced the law. One of the people in there, their political council anyway, uh, where if you obviously speak out against you the can't law, report anti. That's it. So them literally being newscasters on live television saying that we're not gonna, we don't want to be using a part their of this. platform to communicate that they're against what. But they could get yeah, arrested for that. This yeah. is the thing. Those people protested on the streets in Russia. Yeah, I've and, seen were, that. and the police were out there beating them, etc. So it's like it's hard. Like, and that's what the, one thing I was saying. I saying I said Eastern European countries have an issue with race. I didn't say the people. Yeah, because I, I I'm not going. I haven't met a lot of Asian people or mm. people from Ukraine. So I'm not going to say the people, but I'm saying the countries as a whole, the system. Yeah, definitely. There's the issue with race and. Yeah, I feel like a lot, but when we say a lot needs to be done, a lot needs to, but what can be done? I feel like everyone yeah. says things need to, be, need to work on race relations mm. and this, that, mm. but what is actually being done in these Eastern European countries? Because yeah. obviously, people, black people are going there to study, but still, they're not experiencing racism like you this. See right now, in yeah. the midst of a war, they are not being treated fairly. So, what, is, what was going on when they were studying? Mm. Are they being treated fairly at university? Are they being treated fairly when they go to a res- restaurant, etc.? Yeah. So it's just more needs to be done, but exactly what? I don't know. Yeah. Well, Brittany and family, uh, our prayers are with you. We really do hope you work it out. And obviously we'll stay on the rest of this situation and keep you guys updated. Um, with regards to the, the war, oh God, I cannot believe it's 2022. And in my lifetime, I'm looking at like a whole other war. Like obviously Iraq and all the rest of the stuff, like we've, we've seen this happen in our lifetime. That's the war in and of itself isn't new, but it's just like in this, in this, at your big age, this world, like you're yeah. really, like really trying to kill people over 
Well, again, we don't really know the reason why. Just to sidebar, this is so random. But the other day I was, um, have you guys, you guys learned about Ivan Terrible when he was at school? No. And he wasn't really someone that we got touched on in history. He's like um, a former Russian czar. I, I do this thing sometimes when I'm up late and night smoking. I'll be on YouTube and I'll just look up historical videos and end up going down a rabbit hole with about 10 different biographies of people staying up all late night. So I was watching this thing on Ivan the Terrible and he's like, like I said, this Russian czar. And bruh, if you think Putin is bad, they've got a long history of very, very fucked up, very evil leaders. So my thing is that this shit is ingrained almost in the culture of okay, Russian society. leadership that they do not care and they will kill literally anybody. Please, guys, if you're listening, if you want to go down a little history um, channel situation, just Google Ivan the Terrible or look up any of his biographies on YouTube. There's like literally 10 minute ones that will break down the shit that he did. The man was fucked like Hitler level times 10. So historically, this is built into the culture and it's a horrible thing to say, but I'm sure a lot of Russian people will recognize that. Yeah. But um, it speaks to the strength of the people, but it also speaks to how fucked up things can get. So. Mm -hmm. Our, our hopes and prayers are obviously with people that are stuck in that situation, both Russians and Ukrainians that want out, want uh, a peaceful resolution. And of course the loved ones, sorry, the family of those people that live here that are obviously worried about their, yeah. their loved ones by there. See, this week was International Women's Day. Mm -hmm. Tuesday this week. In conclusion, I just wanna say, I feel that women should leave the world because I feel like <laughs> men leading this, all these countries is why the world's still in shit. I feel women are better leaders, they are better people. And I feel, yeah, men just need to be subordinate. Mm, I think, I don't know about that. Yeah, I was gonna um, say, I, I don't know. Humans are fucked up. <laughs> general, I don't know about I that. This Theresa May and Pretty Patel thing, like Margaret Thatcher. We've got more than enough examples of fucked up English. Uh, fucked it's up, just a power uh, struggle with leaders. individual yeah. people. So I would, yeah, I would so when you think why are why are so many women like that? Is because of, I think that they are like how they are because of the prejudice they have faced as women. So they become these hardened. Possibly, I don't know. Oh, yeah, that, that's, the, that's maybe a subject for a whole nother video. Yeah, this is it. Podcast. The positions are open. Please apply, ladies. You know. Yeah, ladies, we would STEM, love to get STEM you on for the politics. Story. That, so. That's enough. As, as we are coming to the end, like definitely, guys, this season we were, uh, we definitely want guests on the podcast. That was the whole point of us calling uh, the podcast the fourth member. Yeah. So we would love if you hear anything that you're like, what the hell are they talking about? I can educate them. I'd love to have a chat with them. I want to have this conversation. I really want to meet Romero. If it's anything <laughs> like that, please do let us know. Follow us on the on the Instagram and let us know that you would love to come on the podcast. No barbs. Oh. <laughs> barbs, welcome. <laughs> I can neither confirm nor deny. Okay, guys. Well, that is the wrap on episode one of season two. Ow! Come on. And it felt so good. It did feel so good. But guys, if you want to follow us on socials, make sure to follow us at Fourth Member on Instagram, Fourth Member Pod on Twitter, and stay tuned because we will be on YouTube very soon. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.